Hello and good morning. It's Monday and this is Mike and... I'm Mary. So this must be... Welcome to Mondays with Mike and Mary. Our favorite podcast. <laughs> and I hope it's yours too. Yeah. This is when we get to reflect back on our previous week's R-squared coaching calls, pick out some highlights and share them with you in the hopes that they help you in your business. So this is one of the podcasts we get to do twice a year. Oh, you're right. Once halfway through and once at the beginning. And we're really at a new beginning. Because we've just finished our first half of the year, the first semester, 26 weeks. And most of you know that R-squared is a 26-week commitment. And then you get to decide to either re-up or escape. Uh, but most of our students, of course, re-up and say, all right, I'm in for another 26 weeks. So we shake the slate to the etch-a-sketch, wipe all the, clean off the slate. <laughs> it wasn't very Start clear. fresh. Yeah, start, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was really what dominated my calls this week. Oh. Was two subjects. One, obviously, is what's going on with the market. Oh. And what are we going to do in the second half of the year to adjust to what's going on? Because I think it's really clear that at least in certain segments, that automatic market that we've been experiencing is changing. It's shifting. And here's, here's the phrase that came out of this week's calls. Automatic doesn't last as long as we'd like it to. And it changes quicker than we thought it would. Ooh, I like that. That's kind of profound. Say it again, please. Automatic doesn't last as long as we'd like it to. And it changes quicker than we thought it would. Hmm. So what are people paying attention to? That's what I wanted to start with. People are paying attention to things like, I thought this was really cool, refis. Loan officers are shifting their business to refis now because, why? They're not getting the same number of sales pending that they used to. Huh. And there's more licensees, right? And there are more loan officers. And the, the advice we got was, it's always shifting. This isn't something new. There's always a shift going on. And you pay attention to what's going on because the next six months has got to be, and I love this quote, all hands on deck. Ooh. Do not take your foot off the gas for the second half of this year. Uh, track pendings because that's the market of the moment. Track days on market. And in micro markets, because markets are becoming segmented again. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not everything selling like automatically. Right. Some pockets still are, uh -huh. but there's all kinds of changes going on. And I love that. I thought it was great advice. But this is uh, the time we think about what are we going to do in the second half of the year? Can I? I'm going to interject. Yeah, I want you to jump in here. You know, because if, if the market is shifting, and we know it is, this is a good time for us to remind everyone to save some money. You know, we just got through taxes in April, so although some of us have postponed paying them. But, you know, are you taking a percentage of your good income in these heydays and setting it aside, not just for taxes, but also to build that nest egg for yourself so that as the market shifts, you've got a little insurance plan that keeps you from worrying? 
Please continue, Michael. I just needed to interject that. So here's what we talked about. And this is what has to happen before the first call in the second half of the year. I think before, not during, and certainly not after, although it has to be done sooner rather than later. Okay, well, what is that? Fly up in the air. <laughs> what was my goal January 1st? And what progress have I made toward it? Okay, let's start with income. What was my income goal January 1st? How much have I earned so far? And is that still important to me? Yeah, is that still important? Is the big why still in place, right? Right. And from that, okay, how many closings does that represent, that income that you've made? So we know what our average closing income is. Now, you compare that with what you wanted to make. Is that still your goal? If so, how much more do you need to make? How many more closings do you need to have in the second half of the year? And then, how many transactions did you do? So let's look at all four of those things and the ratio among them. What was my goal and what's my year-to-date income? What's that ratio? What was my income and number of closings? What's that ratio? What was my closings and transactions and what's that ratio? And that's what I put into figuring out, okay, what is my transaction goal, my activity focus going to be for the second half of 2018? Smart. Yeah. And as a parade of techniques, that's what I would offer today. Take a look at your numbers. Where am I? What do I have to do to get to where I want to be by Thanksgiving Friday? Because it's the business you've got in place by then that will close before the end of the year. And that determines your income. So we are going to keep going after Thanksgiving Friday. Well, yes. Yeah, so that January we hit the ground running. But now is the time to start thinking about this. Next five months is really prime time to make sure we hit our goal for this year. Very good. Very smart. And a beautiful beginning to what I am bringing to our podcast Soup, today. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, you should be excited because it, it applies to almost everybody. You know, whether you are a Midwesterner, a Northeasterner, a Northwesterner, who any of those three categories just came out of winter not too long ago. So what happens when we come out of hibernation? We see our neighbors again. We recognize that they have arms and legs not covered up by <laughs> nylon and, you know, thermal underwear. Um, some of us have children that got out of school. Some of us have kids that have come home from college and we haven't seen them in months. We want to spend time with them. Some of us have spouses that have five weeks off in a, a vacation over the summer. And how do we keep working when we've got all these things, baseball, all-stars that take every weekend? So the question I heard on three different calls, and then people started identifying it with, with it, was how do I work? And yet... How do I take time off and not feel guilty? So what's the balance? What's the blend? And boy, did we have some great conversations and get some great advice. So I want to share today what that advice was. I loved uh, what one of our students said about balance, that it's all about time frames. It's about those 590 10s and making sure you're doing the work, doing the prospecting staying on track for your goal. And then if you are and you're doing that, 
give yourself permission. One of our students said this, what do you want on your, time, on your tombstone? Is it going to say, great listing agent? Or is it going to say something like, You're, you were a great father, a great husband, a great brother, a wonderful son. Who, who are you and who do you want to be remembered as? Um, one of our students said, you only have 18 summers with your children. And boy, that just really hit home with me. I don't even know if it is 18. I think it might only be 16 because once they can drive and they're got, they've got jobs, that it changes. And, and I've really been thinking about that, how much parenting changes. When you have little kids, it's easy. Just pick them up and they do your schedule. And then they get busier. And, and our ability to do our work and have a great life needs to change as our families change. And so here we are at summertime, once again, being challenged. We've got a lot of students, a lot of people in real estate being challenged to have it all, not give up their work, but how do I have a great life too? And so I would urge all of you to really work at controlling your thoughts, controlling your thinking. You know, we would never go into a listing appointment saying, oh, I don't have any chance of getting this. Oh, I just am completely unprepared. If those thoughts came to our mind, we would stomp them down. We would crush them. And yet when thoughts of balance and family and not working come into our mind, like, I can't stop working because what if I lose something? We don't work as hard at crushing those negative thoughts. So I'd encourage all of you, to, to stomp on worry, to stomp on guilt, to enjoy the time that you are with your family. And when you're not with your family, go to work. Work at work. Be home at home. And decide that you're not going to let that negative stuff into your mind. You remember at uh, Master Sales Academy, we taught everybody a technique, Michael, remember? Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting backwards, not forwards. Re pushing the reset button. So as fear and worry come into your mind and disturb your time off or cause you to not take your time off, count backwards and decide that you deserve it. And just like the market is shifting, this is a time uh, of a season shift. And if you've got family members, I think it's important to remember what Floyd said about he and Linda whenever they had a disagreement or a problem and couldn't solve it in the moment, they'd set a date, a limit. If we don't have it solved by now, we're going to go get help, reach outside of the two of us to find a solution. And he said, spend $100,000 on counseling to learn one thing. She can't read my mind. So communicate with your spouse, with your family. What's important to you? What matters to you? And the more you can understand what's important to the other person, the easier it becomes to negotiate that ability to go to work, to leave them behind for a, a time. You know, as long as they know what for and for how long, they'll, they'll be okay with that. That's really profound. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the Pareto techniques that I wanted to share today had something to do with that too. Here's a guy with kids at home. Uh, sometimes they sleep in, sometimes they don't. They for sure have busy lives. They want their, their dad around. And so what our student decided to do is start getting up earlier. And so he 
has set his alarm for an hour and a half, an hour and a half Whoa. earlier every <laughs> single morning. And so he asked his board of directors, his R squared group, to help hold him accountable. So for two weeks now, when we get on that call and it's his turn, turn to report, when he's done reporting, I'll say, okay, what time did you get up on Monday, on Tuesday? And he's got to report his times. And um, he said, you know, thank you. It's really working to have somebody help me get myself off to work before the chaos of the morning. So maybe that'll be a good solution for some of you all that are listening. And I like it because the sun gets up earlier, right? It does. And it stays longer. It's so good. we have more daylight right now. We do. Yeah. Well, I I don't have an Ask the Experts I wanted to share because I had so many great Pareto techniques. Okay. And I want to give you three of them. What? Because there's magic in threes. <laughs> okay, sure. And the first one has to do with the power perspective. Uh, and it was from a millennial. And I love what this kid said. He said, you know, my generation knows how to use technology. And I'm on a team with two seasoned agents who are kind of resisting technology, you know, for lead generation, for communicating with uh, our book of business. But what they do have is they've got relationship people skills. They have selling skills. And this is his perspective. It's a lot easier for you guys who have selling skills to add technology than it is for us millennials who just rely on technology to add those selling skills and people skills. I thought what a great perspective and especially underscores how important it is to keep your selling skills sharp. Wow, and that's what we teach, so I like hearing that. Get yeah. yourself into a Floyd Wickman program. <laughs> and my second parade of techniques was about the power of being assumptive. This is the time of year when we need to take time off with our loved ones, which goes right into your 16 summers. And one of my students is taking mini vacations with her spouse. Oh. Three days, four days. Uh, and she came back from the most recent one, and the first day back got four listings. Oh. You want to know how? Sure. She made the appointments before she went on the vacation uh -huh. and sent her photographer out to each of those four different places to take pre-listing pictures. The assumptive clothes. I like it. <laughs> came back in, boom, lay down, four listings. You know what's woven into that story is LFTs. Yeah. Having those planned out in the coming months so you've got something to look forward to, and that also helps you work when other people are vacationing. Yep. But my favorite parade of techniques was this one because it's it sets up the second half of the year. If your results haven't been exactly what you wanted them to be, if maybe you're feeling a little demoralized, a little frustrated, I've been doing things right, I've been doing the right things, I still don't have the results I'd hoped for, I'm a little behind, how do I approach the second half of this year with the right attitude and not the one of frustration? And here's what she did. I identified 10 people who were really helpful to me early in my career. Mentors, guides, managers, people who gave me direction and were helpful. Okay. 
And I called all 10 of them just to say thank you. Wow. And express my gratitude. And it was like uh, someone turned the light bulb on. This 180 degree shift in my attitude. Oh. That's the power of gratitude. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. This was fun. Let's do it again. (laughs) How about next Monday? Okay. Sounds great. Have a wonderful week, everyone. See you then. Thank you.